Good evening. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we give you all the glory for your loving kindness, for your mercy towards us. We thank you for giving us your son, Jesus, who died in our place. And today we are children of God, not because of what we have done, but according to your mercy and grace. Father, we commit our, we present tonight's event before your throne of grace that you will bless every heart that at the hearing of our words tonight, that you will change us by these words. We, we bless you and we give you all the glory. Let your spirit minister to as many as we hear you tonight. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So uh, tonight, we are going to deal with healthy living, uh, benefits of exercise, and um, how to eliminate stress, maybe by going on vacation. So we, we have two, um, two people who will deal with this issue, uh, Dr. Emenari um, Chibozo and uh, Jennifer Okori. Uh, the two, they're going to deal with some, some of these issues that I mentioned. But before they start, I want to give us some housekeeping rules. Um, one, if you want to talk or if you want to respond, please, we want you to raise your hand. Uh, use the reaction button behind, uh, below and raise your hand so we can do things orderly, decently, and in order. Thank you. Without further ado, I'm going to call on... Uh, Brother Chibozo, to give us what he has for tonight. Thank you. Praise the Lord. How's everyone today? Um, uh, it's uh, a blessing to 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 be here and be able to share uh, the knowledge that um, myself and uh, Dr. Coria, uh, Jennifer, um, the knowledge that God has given us. Um, so the way we're going to do it, uh, she and I are going to be talking about the topic of cardiovascular health and. Uh, um, heart health, basically. And um, uh, at the very end, um, we're going to make this a little bit interactive. Uh, kind of like if you recall, during the first day of ministry day, um, I had I had you all stand up and do a little exercise. So we're going to try and do that, you know, recreate that uh, with this presentation. Um, <clears throat> at the very end, uh, if you have any questions, we'll make it uh, a question and answering period. Um, and uh, yeah, so what, what I'll do, I'm going to share my screen um, so that everyone can follow along um, as, as we both uh, discuss. So let's see, I've done it before. I know I can do it again. <laughs> Okay, 
I believe I got it. Can everyone see my screen? Good. All right. I see a thumbs up. I can see your screen. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Okay. So, um, cardiovascular health, also known as heart health. Um, myself and Dr. Okorian, the illustrious Dr. Okorian, um, has, has graced us with her presence all the way from Texas. Uh, we thank God that she's here and um, she has a lot of insightful information to share with us all. Even as I was discussing with her, I was learning stuff from her, you know, so um, we praise God for that. Uh, she has her doctorate in physical therapy and um, she's also a certified um, strength and conditioning. I forgot what the second S stands for. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes. Or specialist. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll go right into it. So um, to start off, uh, we'll read. Third uh, John chapter one verse two, and you know I know many of us are familiar with this scripture, but it's it's very important. Dear friend, I pray that you are doing well in every way. I pray that your body is strong, as as well, and well as even as even as your soul is well. I pray that your body is strong and well, even as your soul is. So you know. When we consider this scripture, we understand that God isn't just interested in our souls, but in our bodies too. You know, he gave us this body. Um, our body is his temple and he desires that we be good stewards of his temple, good stewards of the body. You know, we don't just say, oh, okay, uh, I know when I'm dead in God, I'm going to heaven. So let me just live it up. You know, let me just do it anyhow. I'm not going to exercise. I'll be lazy. I'll eat pizza every day. No, that's that's not what um, uh, is exemplary for a follower of Christ. You know, we we um, take care of what God has has given us. We are good stewards of what He has given us. All right. So, um, for starters, I just want to share uh, some some background information about cardiovascular health, um, especially in regards to the United States. Heart disease, it's the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. Um, to give you a sense of how often this happens, one person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. Um, so, about 659,000 people in the U.S. die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. So you can already see how, how uh, uh, prevalent heart disease is and how big of a factor it is in mortality, you know, in, in the United States. Now, looking at the finances of it, heart disease costs the United States about $363 billion I didn't say million, billion with a B each year. Uh, and that was looking just in the past years of 2016 to 2017. And this includes the cost of healthcare services, medications, and lost productivity 
to death. So, atherosclerosis. What is atherosclerosis? Atherosclerosis is a uh, it's a disease that affects the blood vessels. Um, and we all know blood vessels are the pipes that you know your blood flows through. Um, and and the blood flows uh, by a pump, and that pump is your heart. For those of us who have more medical knowledge, forgive me. I'm I'm speaking to uh, a wide audience, so I want to make it as you know understandable as possible. Now, atherosclerosis is affecting those pipes, and what does it do? It thickens and it hardens the blood vessels, you know. Um, and and when it's thickened and hardened. What happens is, you know, if you can see my hand, the whole, the, the, the tube, the flow of blood passing through it shrinks, you know, so it makes it harder for, um, for the blood flow, uh, to pass through those vessels and it affects the organs at the end of those tubes, at the end of those blood vessels, organs such as the brain, uh, such as heart muscle, you know. Atherosclerosis, the cause of it is chronic inflammation, a state of being inflamed for a long period of time. Chronic means long period, long duration. Um, this inflammation can be caused by high levels of sugar, you know, taking in a diet where you're taking in a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of sugars. And for people who have diabetes, that's not controlled. So on a regular basis, you have high levels of sugar in your blood vessel. That sugar, when broken down, causes an inflammatory state. It causes inflammation on the inner lining of your blood vessels. Um, additionally, smoking cigarettes and vaping um, also are uh, risk factors for causing atherosclerosis. Going into risk factors, <clears throat> um, sedentary lifestyle, not exercising, you know, little to no physical activity. Um, when you're not exercising, you are not burning off uh, calories. This calories, these calories end up being stored in your body as fat. Um, now, the storage of calories, excuse me, the storage of fat. You think that it ends up in, you know, for some people, your stomach or your thighs or whatever. Um, a lot of times that fatty material can actually enter inside the lining of the blood vessel. Again, talking about atherosclerosis. So it's not that you're, the, the wall of the blood vessel is just getting thicker, but fat deposits are starting to settle inside the wall, further worsening. Uh, the, the disease, and I'll show a picture of that. Um, and we talked about a high carb diet. Another thing is high processed processed food. Um, and I know here, I guess it turned out to being question marks, but high processed food intake, and there's an arrow pointing to inflammation uh, on my slide. So when you take in high processed foods, that leads to inflammation. And what are what are processed foods? Processed foods are foods that they're taken from the soil and processed, just like the name is, um, so that the sugar, the the it's it's more refined and easier to break down. 
The problem with it being easier to break down is that um, the system, it becomes overloaded with sugar. Um, I won't, I won't go into too much detail about that, but processed foods, what are processed foods? What are examples of processed foods? Just basically um, foods that have, that are far away um, in a sense, they're far away from the soil, from the farm. You know, if you're taking something that's directly picked from, you know, a farm and you bring it home, you cook it, that's good. You know, that, that's, 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 more natural. It's closer to the soil. You understand what I'm saying? Foods that have been processed are stuff that, uh, for example, you take corn, it goes through processing and you have uh, uh, high fructose corn syrup that's added to foods, um, corn powder that's added to various different products, you know. So, or, or I'll put it this way, snacks you get at the vending machine. Those are processed foods. Those you want to steer clear from, you know. Um, so, yeah, any, any food that's, in a sense, far away from the soil. I hope you can understand what I mean by that. So here's a, a diagram to kind of give an understanding of what I was talking about. In the top picture, you have a normal artery. Um, and you can see the cross section on the right, blue square, um, how the, the lumen, the opening of the arteries is open. You know, it's clear, blood can flow through it unhindered, no problem, no traffic, no backing up. Whereas in the picture below, you have atherosclerosis that's taking place. It's not only that the, the wall is thicker, but you have that plaque deposit. That's what I was talking about with um, uh, the fatty material, uh, depositing inside the wall. You can see that it kind of chokes, uh, uh, the passage of blood flow, you know, and should that get severe, that can lead to things like stroke, you know, or heart attacks, you know, so, or even pain in the leg, you know, uh, there's a term called claudication where, People who have atherosclerosis in their legs, um, their muscles are not receiving enough blood flow, enough oxygen. And so any kind of activity, walking movement, it causes pain because they're not having enough blood flow there. Um, so I think this part we'll let uh, Dr. Coria uh, discuss. You're still on mute. Okay. There you go. All right. Thank you. No All right. Hi, everyone. So thank you so much for giving us such a good introduction and explanation on what atherosclerosis is. And we learned about, you know, how people can get that. Now we're going to learn about how we can reduce our risk through nutrition and physical activity. So on average, it's recommended that people have about 2,400 calories per day. So that basically means that throughout your day, throughout all the meals that you're having, if you're having three meals, if you're having some snacks, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're having approximately 2,400 calories a day. 
And that uh, definitely differs between uh, individuals. So like if you have a certain health condition or you just have like your own health goals, it's good to look like, you know, deeper into that. But overall, it should be about 2,400 calories a day. And your daily meals should be balanced and they should include something called macronutrients, which are also known as proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. So just to like dig deeper into that, we want to make sure that we're hitting those macronutrients, but we want to make sure that we're having foods that are nutritious and that are beneficial for our bodies. So some ideas for proteins could be chicken, lean ground turkey, or egg whites. For carbohydrates, there is something called um, simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates. So simple carbohydrates are your foods that I like to consider as your white foods. So your white rice, white bread, white pasta, and um, uh, complex carbohydrates are things such as brown rice and whole wheat pasta. So the main difference between those two are the amount of processing that has been done. So white foods tend to have a little bit more processing done to them just to like, you know, make them taste a little bit better. And it also has a tendency to spike your blood sugar. So just like our doctor said earlier, having high of um, sugar in your diet can lead to atherosclerosis. So it's good to focus on those foods that are brown, such as brown rice, whole wheat pasta, whole wheat bread, all those good stuff. And then some fat ideas would be avocado and extra virgin olive oil. So if there's macronutrients, there has to be micronutrients, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there are, um, and there your vitamins and minerals such as iron, vitamin C, vitamin K, and those can be found in green leafy vegetables such as spinach, kale, and fruits such as apples, oranges, and bananas, like our beautiful picture on the side. So some tips to help you reach your nutritional goals is to meal prep. So it basically means preparing your own meals. And um, so you can prepare a full meal, you can chop up vegetables so that it makes it easier for you to prepare your meals when you have the chance. The main idea with this is just that you don't have to think, you don't have to be driving home from work and just figuring out like, what am I going to eat tonight? Your meal will be already done and it will definitely cut time and help you make good decisions. Eating out less. So I know we all love going to restaurants and just having people prepare our food. But if you try to minimize the amount they eat out, that will also help you reach your nutritional goals. Drinking more water throughout, the, throughout your day. Um, sometimes people have a tendency to have sugary drinks or even coffees and Although it may not feel as if you're eating like actual food, you are adding to your daily caloric intake. And sometimes those uh, drinks can be high in carbohydrates. And then to practice portion control. So with that, um, I know we don't really want to waste food. So when you're preparing your meals, it's okay to portion out small amounts, finishing that, and then waiting about like 10, 15 minutes drinking some water because sometimes you could be um, could just be thirsty. And if after all that, after waiting and drinking water, if you still feel hungry, then it's okay to eat more food. But um, when you, in a way, like force yourself to finish food past your limit of being, of feeling full, you're 
in a way, training your body that this is my new level. This is my new threshold of fullness. So then that's how people continue to eat more and more and more. So it's just good to try to pace yourself with that. And then for physical activity for children that are three to five years old, they should be getting plenty of activity throughout the day. You know, if they're running around, if they're playing outside, if they're at recess, anything like that, they should be getting enough activity throughout the day. Kids that are six to 17 years old, they should be getting about 60 minutes a day of moderate to high intensity physical activity. And it's important to incorporate weight bearing exercises because it helps keep your bones strong. And more specifically for adults, they can either get moderate intensity exercise about 30 minutes a day for five days a week or high intensity exercise 75 minutes a week. And you can spread that out throughout the week however you would like. And it's important to, like I said earlier, to increase your muscle strength and your activity just to help keep your bones strong, help, help keep your heart pumping and moving in safe um, uh, parameters. And it's also very important to always talk to your doctor before starting a new um, fitness program, just to see what your individual uh, situation is. You know, some people may need a structured plan. Some people have may have a little bit more free range just to make sure that you are safe with anything that you're doing. And like we said earlier, it is time to get moving. So feel free to put your camera on or you can keep it off no pressure at all i just came up with this quick little five minute workout approximately five minutes uh for you to do none of this requires any equipment so you can do it during like when you first wake up before you go to bed midday at work if you have a lunch break any time of day so we are going to stand up I hope so we're going to stand up right now <laughs> yes right now <laughs> all right let's do it let's do it everybody yeah and no pressure to put your camera on like it is 100 okay i trust that you're all doing it and getting your ideas um to get moving so the idea with this is that we will do 20 seconds on 20 seconds off and 20 seconds on for each exercise i will be keeping track of the time so just listen for my voice when i say like five four three two one okay so I'll demonstrate the first exercise. They're lateral reaches. So this helps open and like stretch your whole body. You're gonna reach side to side, okay? Gonna keep doing this. We'll do this for 20 seconds, okay? <laughs> Good job. Okay, and five, four, three, two, and one. We'll take a break for 20 seconds. Hope everyone's still doing okay. Just getting a little stretch. We're just getting started. Okay, got about 10 more seconds. Then we'll do another set of 20 seconds, okay? All right, and we're gonna start in five, four, three, two, and one. I'm gonna reach again. I hope everyone's doing this. <laughs> Good job, about 10 more seconds. Good job. And five, four, three, two, and one. Good job. Next, we're going to do something called core twist. Same thing, reaching. You're going to reach side to side. 
side to side. Do 20 seconds. Good job, keep reaching. And while you're doing this, you wanna make sure you're breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, okay? So no breath holding. Wanna make sure that our lungs are fully expanding. Good job. And five, four, three, two, and one. Take a 20 second break. Thumbs up. We still good? Good. All right, getting started in three, two, and one. We're gonna reach again. Good job, everyone. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Good job. And five, four, three, two, and one. Good. So next one, we have two options. It's going to be a sit to stand or a squat. So sit to stand, you'll just pull out your chair. You'll sit down without using the, I don't know if you guys can see me, without using the armrest, you're going to stand up and then sit back down and stand up and sit back down. Or you can just do squats. So that'll be without a chair, okay? So any, any option works perfectly fine, okay? And we'll get started in three, two, one, and go. Gonna squat down and come back up. Squat down and come back up. Good, you wanna make sure you're going through a pain-free range, okay? If you're feeling any pain with anything that we are doing today, feel free to take a little break, okay? And three, two, one, and take a break. 20 seconds, okay? So with this, you wanna make sure your toes are pointed forward. And just imagine you're sitting into an imaginary chair if you're doing the squats. And if you're sitting into the chair, sit into the chair. Okay, we'll do our next 20. And three, two, one, and squat. Go down and up, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Good job, everyone. 10 more seconds. Good, and three, two, one, and we are done with that one. Two more exercises. I hope y'all are still with me and having fun. Thumbs up. I know y'all are cheering. I know you're all muted, but I hear the cheers. I I'm feeling it. Okay, next we're going to be doing some jumping jacks. Two options with this, okay? So you can either jump it out or you can, hope you guys can see me, or you can like step. So you can um, open up your arms, step out to the side and come back down. Open up your arms, come back down, okay? Either you can jump it out or step it out. I know you can't see my feet, but I'm just bringing my leg out to the side and bring it back in, okay? So two options, ready and go. 20 seconds. Good job. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And five, yay! Four, three, two, and one. Take a break, 20 second break. I love the cameras on, hi, Auntie Charity. <laughs> yay! All right, 
We're gonna get started again in 10 seconds, okay? Almost done, okay? Five, four, three, two, and one. One more time, jumping jacks, okay? Last 20 seconds. Good job, everyone. Almost done. In five, four, three, two, and one. Good job. So last one, we're gonna work on bringing that heart rate a little bit down, okay? Cause I know those jumping jacks, we had it pumping, which is really good, but it's always good to cool down and bring yourself back down, okay? So you're gonna bring your hands on your hips and you're just gonna bring your knee up and then back down. Knee up and back down. So I'm just bringing my knee up. Yeah, I know y'all can't really see me, but yeah, good. Okay, 20 seconds and go. Knee up and back down. Good job, y'all are doing great. We're almost done. Good job. In five, four, three, two, and one. Take a 20 second break. We're gonna do those one last time, okay? Good job. 10 seconds, we'll get started again. In five, four, three, two, and one. Knee to chest. Breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth. Good job, 10 seconds down. Less than 10 to go at this point. Good, in five, Four, three, two, and one. Good job, everyone. Clap for yourselves. <laughs> Good job, everyone. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is awesome. Oh. I love this. Thank you. Y'all are awesome. Great job, everyone. All right. So I will unshare. So that that's our... Uh, presentation in a nutshell. That was awesome. That was awesome. We praise Man, God. I needed more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of these these uh, things that you've seen, um, you can be doing it on a daily basis, you know, at home. I'd recommend every morning, first thing you wake up, you climb out of bed, you drink a tall glass of water, and then you just do these exercises, you know? If you if you do some, something as simple as that, you know, every day you make it your routine, you make it a part of your regular lifestyle, you'll notice changes. You know, you'll notice improvement in your energy level. You'll notice improvement in your, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stretchability. Um, but you'll, you'll be able to move better. You know, you'll notice less pains, you know, so... Um, you know how the body works. Um, what you don't use, you lose. You know, and so um, we should we should always uh, have it in mind to stay fit, be exercising. This is all a part of being a good steward of what God has given us. All right, cool. So I know you all have uh, questions, 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 questions. Um, both I and Jennifer are here to answer. So here's the question and answer period. Um, unless, uh, bro, Chris, is there anything 
um, you wanted to mention or Sister Charity? Yeah, before you, um, we want to, we want you actually to raise your hand in order to ask any question. But I think I might start that question. Uh, oh, I see somebody's hand, uh, Pastor Emmanuel. <laughs> Go right ahead. Yeah, I wanted you people to really uh, address our traditional diet. Most of the time, what we see in books is Western diets. But we need to understand more about our own uh, traditional diets, like yam, uh, gare, eba, you know, and the soups we eat. How does it compare in calories and how are we advised and how much that we advise that, okay, this is what can be moderate for you? Because without such uh, scientific information, we don't really have what we need to know what is moderate and what is not moderate. Knowing that we came from, we, we were brought up eating quite a lot of that stuff. So how can we be educated, giving more information on what is moderate for us in Gary, for instance? Gary, Eba, and Yam, for instance. I mean, all our, our general, the food we normally, normally eat and we've been eating for years, and the soups we eat, we eat with it. That's my question. Um, so that, that's a good question. And uh, I think I'll, I'll take a stab at it and, and infer, you know, if you know, there's anything you want to add, you can add. Um, overall, I think that the, the, the diet, um, the Nigerian diet, you know, is in comparison, in comparison to the average American diet, the Nigerian diet is healthier because a lot of our foods, remember how I said it initially, um, a lot of our foods are closer to the soil, meaning that um, many times you, the food that you eat is something that you can, you literally pick from the farm and you, you, you know, um, prepared it in your own home, you know? So in terms of it being closer to nature, our foods are, are better. Um, now, if you take a look at the, the simple rule, you know, it, it, it can be a little more complex, but the rule that, uh, Jennifer brought up about white versus Brown foods, um, going, going with, uh, uh, foods that are processed. Um, going with foods that are processed. Um, foods that are processed causes a higher spike in your sugar. So what does that look like in the Nigerian diet? Um, I don't, I don't have full research on this, but yam by itself, Yam that you take, you um, uh, either you you boil it right there or you pound it, um, pounded yam or, or boiled yam. Um, I I believe is better than um, the powdered version because that powdered version has gone through some processing, and so when ingested, um, it makes it it makes the sugars 
that are in the food more readily available. You don't want that. What you want are complex sugars. Another word for sugars are carbohydrates. You want complex carbohydrates. When you look at yam, uh, yam has a, has a lot of fiber in it, you know, and that's one of the means of, of helping to, to it, fiber does not break down as easily, you know? And so that's, that's like a complex, um, a complex macronutrient. Um, so I think, I think to, to put it realistically in terms of a diet, you know, how much to eat per week. I mean, if you're, if you're eating it every day, that might be too much, you know, that might be overdoing it. If it's something that you eat maybe, uh, uh, once a week, and I'm specifically talking about, uh, yams once a week, I would say that that would be on the safer side. Now our soups, our soups are, they're good. You know, I mean, we're using many ingredients that are from the, from the soil, close to the soil, you know, you know, you have your, uh, you know, uh, um, okra soup, all, all the, the, I mean, it's good. You know, that's good. Um, good news, good news. <laughs> good news, right? Good news indeed. Yeah. Uh, be careful about the amount of oil that's used in preparing the soup. You know, um, uh, I think when, when comparing red oil um, to canola oil or uh, oh, um, what's the other oils out there? Um, either way, Olive oil is, is on the safer side. Olive oil is on the safer side because when you look at oils, um, the, the issue about oils is when left to sit, do they harden? Do they form into a solid? You know, red oil, we see that it does form into a solid. Um, um, Crisco, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember Crisco. That, that's not a, a good thing to be using. Olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, it's a lighter oil, you know, and so um, uh, that, that would be a better option to use. I don't know if that would affect the taste, you know, when, when you're cooking the food. I mean, me, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really cook soup as much, you know, so I, I, I wouldn't be able to talk much on that, but olive oil would be the, a better use. A better use uh, in the food. Another thing would be um, how much salt is, is added, you know, to the food. Um, and with salt, we didn't really talk about it too much when discussing atherosclerosis, but salt just um, causes um, an increased retention of water, retention of fluid in your blood vessels. When you, when you have increased retention of fluid, the pressure inside of those pipes go up. I don't know if you, you understand the physics behind that. If, you're, if you have more fluid inside of the pipes, inside of the blood vessels, the pressure goes up. You know, So anyone who, people who are dealing with high blood pressure, um, you, want to moder you, wanna, you wanna use salt in moderation. 
Okay. So I've talked about salt. I've talked about soups. I've talked about yam, rice. Uh, we, we eat a lot of jollof rice. Um, oftentimes, in fact, I don't know if I've ever seen jollof rice made with brown rice. The whole nature of brown rice is that it, it may not absorb the, the, you know, um, the stew, uh, the tomato paste as well as white rice would. And so jollof rice is usually um, white rice. Well, again, same thing applies. You, you want to limit the amount of white rice that you're taking in, whether you make it into a jollof rice or it's just uh, white rice and stew. You know, you want to you want to limit that amount of the amount of white rice that you take in. And, and when I say limit, it doesn't mean that you just eat it once a month, but portion size. You know, um, if you're making it so that you have a plate that's full of rice and then you throw on some residue on that, uh, that might not be the best way to go. If you make the amount of rice on your plate smaller and then increase the amount of spinach, increase the amount of broccoli, you know, vegetables. Um, I think that would be a more healthier option. Um, I, 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 I believe I've answered the question. Uh, Jennifer, do you have any thoughts towards that? You're on mute. She's, she's muted. You need to unmute her. Yeah. Okay, you're there. There you go. All right. So, um, yeah, everything that you said, it makes sense, and I agree with it. The only thing I want to add is that with eating, enjoy what we're eating at the end of the day. We have to be happy and then be unhappy eating it because then we're going to just be sad and like food is fun food is like an ex exploration like it's so much fun to like you know figure out and whatnot so i never like really tell anyone to stop doing what you're doing um you can still eat all the traditional foods that you want to but when you can try to modify if possible like i know some people use oatmeal and they ground that up and they use that as their fufu or whatever they want to eat with it and again with the brown rice um i know i personally still eat white rice like i still you know have typical nigerian food because just like our doctor said it is one of like you know like the healthier uh, cuisines out there so if you were to rice or rice and stew like two times a week and then incorporate you know a salad or some more vegetables on your plate that will be very helpful to your um, nutritional goals and then portion control is important because um, it just helps us control the amount of calories that we are having daily um but yeah so make sure that like you know whatever that you're happy with it, that you're enjoying eating the foods that you're eating and that you're practicing portion control. Because I do think that those two things help um, make goals more sustainable. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. 
Um, I wanted to ask a question. You you mentioned that uh, a daily intake of 2,400 calories is what is, is recommended. Now, if I'm doing a, a hard manual, uh, hard uh, labor, or hard, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some manual level and would that would that also apply to me or I, I have to increase my intake because I'm doing so much during the day? I'm sorry, my wife, I just cut out. I didn't hear your question. Okay, so okay. You, you, you recommended 2,400 calories per day. So now if I'm doing a hard work, uh, moving things and all that, and uh, does that apply to me or is just for somebody else? Because I'm burning more uh, calories in a day than average person sitting in the office. What is your advice? Yeah, so you that 2400 probably wouldn't apply to you. Um, I mean, myself or someone would have to look at how much calories you are burning because the idea is to essentially replace those calories that you have burned because I'm trying to think of like a simple way to put it, but basically we need a certain amount of calories for our bodies to do certain functions. Like as far as like the way that our brains work, our heart works, like we need a certain amount of calories. So if you are burning more, you will need to eat more calories, but that's something that like, you know, has to be looked into deeper. The 2,400 calories a day is pretty much for a, um, person that's doing about light activity to sedentary activity daily just to keep them healthy. So if you are consuming more, uh, if you are uh, expending more calories per day, you have to consume more to replace that essentially to maintain your weight. But if you're trying to lose weight, then you have to consume less calories and burn more. It's, it really depends on people's individual goals um but that 2400 is like you know uh average thank you very much so we have a couple of hands up um uh, there's also some questions in the in the yeah, chat so, too yeah we're gonna go to the chat later but i want people who are raising their hands right now uh mr mohammed go right ahead paul please unmute paul uh, thank you very much, Uncle Chris. Uh, good evening, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Chibuzo and Jennifer, all the way from Texas. Those were good information. Uh, thank you very much. I wanted to stress, uh, Jessica mentioned uh, a point, and uh, I wanted to stress it, that it is good to replace pandediam and other farina with oatmeal very very healthy i have done this and i have seen the benefit over the years some people don't know my friend discovered this uh, from me recently and he was amazed at the discovery and he this is somebody that loved pandediam he no longer eats pandediam and his friend who went to the doctor recently with a big tummy like a pregnant woman uh the result the the cause was pandediam and his doctor advised him uh not to eat pandediam anymore and 
when his friend mentioned this to him, he suggested uh, oatmeal to him. Uh, he said he didn't know all this why. Once he made that discovery, he was very, very happy. And also uh, with the exercise, it's good to be consistent in order to see a productive uh, result. Consistency, you know, uh, builds a lot of uh, results. Like I went to my doctor some days ago, uh, having been doing consistent exercise over the years, you know, all my vitals, everything uh, went down. Whatever I'm doing, I should be doing. And one thing I have discovered uh, is also eating less. That has helped me uh, a lot, eating less of uh, starchy food and drinking a lot of water, drinking a lot of water. Like my doctor was amazed. He said, whatever I'm doing, I should keep it up. So I just wanted to add that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Thank, Thank you very much. I, I have other, a couple of other questions on them. Um, on the chat here and let me start with this i don't even know what it is but pomo that's so sticky and oily does it have any food value being sticky and gummy is it okay inside your body kindly help pomo hey <laughs> pomo is awesome amen <laughs> No, I mean, Como, that's, is that cow stomach? The back, the back, the skin of the, of cow. Is it the skin? skin. The skin. Yeah. Is it the skin or something? The skin. It's the skin. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so popular in Lagos. So popular. That's what they eat most. It's well, if, it, if, it, if it's skin, then it's likely skin with the subcutaneous fat um and if if that's the because i mean skin why, why would you just use it's probably skin with some fat in it um so i can't really talk too much about the texture you know it being sticky or gummy um i'm sure you know all of us have eaten it uh, at some point in time and we've digested it just fine um, but if you're going to use it just in moderation, you don't want to be doing it a lot. It's not that this is not a poisonous thing to take into your body. It's just something else that has a little bit, I won't say a little bit, has fat on it. You know, um, that fat actually, that might be what's causing it to have that sticky or oily sensation to it. Again, I said it earlier, uh, I'm not a cook. <laughs> Um, I haven't been cooking, haven't been using these ingredients. I just eat it, you know, so, um, but um, it is, it is, you don't have to look at it and say it's gummy or sticky, therefore it's really bad for you. No, that's not the case, but know that there is fat involved in it. And so because of that, you don't want to be using it uh, too frequently. That's, that's what I'll say about that. Jennifer, um, do you have any any uh, do you have any idea what that mean, that that one is? Uh, yeah, um, 
okay. I had to Google it to make sure that I knew what it was. And mm. um, yeah, I kind of, I agree with what, what he said, just because of it being skin, there's probably some fat in it and just moderation. But um, if you're kind of worried about it being oily, then maybe we sh- we can limit that a little bit. You know, like if there's certain ingredients in it that you're like unsure of, or you think that it may not be the best for you, it'll be best to um, decrease that amount. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I have another question. How how much amount of water do you drink in a day? How does it help in your healthy living? This is a question for both of you. So you can have about 64 ounces of water a day, but that depends on if you are exercising um, or if you're sweating more. So it's very, very hot in Texas for me right now. So I'm drinking a little bit more water um, just because I am releasing more fluids from my body through sweat. And same thing goes if you're working out. And with water, most of our body is made up of water and it just helps us with our cell function, just helps with like, you know, these minor things that we need to be healthy individuals. One thing I'll add to that is um, in the morning when you first wake up, um, it's healthy to start the day with a tall cup of water. A lot of people start the day with a cup of coffee. It's not the healthiest thing, you know. Um, I know you have to wake up and be bright-eyed and get ready for work. Um, um, and and if that's you, I'm not saying stop cold turkey, but you'd be you'd be amazed at what a tall cup of water can do for you. You know, if you it's not just you sip it down, but you just you drink the whole thing up, and it really helps to just turn up, turn up that, turn on your metabolism in, in a way, you know, you wake up, your metabolism's at a lower state. You drink that cup of water, you know, it helps to really wake you up. Um, another thing is that it helps to, to flush out your, your gut. You know, um, I found that when I drink a tall cup of water in the morning, it helps to keep me regular on a daily basis, you know, um, so not just, not just the amount of water, but I, I would say if you start your day, uh, drinking water, as opposed to eating some kind of food, if you started by drinking water to just kind of flush your system out, get your metabolism up. Um, that has been very beneficial for me. Okay, I have uh, two other questions here. I think we skipped the question. Um, your wife asked, how can we incorporate these great workouts in our daily living if we don't have a lot of time? Okay, you can, uh, since you read it, you can okay. answer it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, what, bring, what comes to mind when, when I, I see this question? Uh, I remember seeing a video of someone who... Um, someone who, 
as a I was a delivery as a delivery person, and they go to people's homes and they're delivering packages. I don't know if it was UPS or Amazon or whatever. But this person, there was a there was a a camera, a front door camera, and they videotaped this person. He came, dropped off the package right there on the front porch. The guy did 10 pushups real quickly. Bam, 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 bam. And then he ran to the truck. And so you can see how in in his busy schedule of having to how many loads of packages that he has to drop off throughout the day, he's probably overworked. You know, it's probably an understaffed situation, whatever. But still, in doing so, he's able to get his workout. And so I think the same thing applies. You know, if you wait until all the conditions are perfect and all the stars are aligned before you say, okay, I'm going to exercise. I mean, you're, it's, you'll, never, you'll never be able to achieve what you want to achieve, you know. But if throughout the day, um, Say that you're at an office and you have your cubicle, you have your desk. Um, does it take much to do those sit to stand things that uh, the squatting things that Jennifer showed us? You know, you do that for uh, 20 seconds in the morning at lunchtime and then before you leave, you know, for the day from work. No, it doesn't take much, you know, uh, it doesn't take much to stand up and do those stretching things, those overhand stretch things. No, it doesn't take much, you know. Um, I think that if you have the mindset, if you have the mindset of I am going to, I'm going to um, be active today, you know, as opposed to the mindset of what is the easiest way to get from point A to point B? What is the easiest way to get through the day without, without exertion, without exerting myself? If that's the mindset you have, you're not going to, you know, um, achieve your goal of incorporating exercise, you know, into your, into your day. Um, so I'm sure some of us have heard of, you know, parking your car far away, uh, in the parking lot, instead of trying to find the closest, you know, you go to Walmart, people are standing and waiting in their cars, waiting for a parking space to open, you know, no, you can park your car. I, I do that. I do that on a regular basis. I park my car um, far away from the Walmart, I come out and I walk, you know, uh, uh, I, I walk into the store, you know, so small things like that, um, over time, they add up over time, they have that benefit, you know, to your health. Um, so I, I think, I think really it starts off with your mindset of saying, okay, today I'm going to, um, exert myself a little more. Uh, instead of taking the elevator from the second to the third floor, I'm going to walk. I'm going to take the steps, you know, um, instead of uh, sitting down all the time while I'm in my office, I'll stand up, I'll walk around, you know, maybe once per hour. Do you know, I, I, there was a time at work that um, I, I would do many push-ups. I was doing 10 push-ups per hour and some of the other staff, they would kind of join me. You know, I'd put, I get two paper towels, put them on the ground. Cause I mean, in a medical office, you don't know what you're stepping on. And I would just do one, two, three, I'll knock out 10 push-ups and I'll do it on the hour, every hour, starting from 8am, 
you know, to, to when I leave. And just doing that alone, I get through doing over 100 push-ups in a day. Just a small 10 an hour, 10 an hour, you know. Um, so really, it's just having the mindset of, okay, what, how can I exert myself, uh, do more things, you know, in my busy schedule? So I hope that helps. Yeah, and I just want to add, um, like, how you do, like, at work every, um, like, 10 pitches every hour. Like, that's just, like, a way to make it fun. So it's important to find joy in exercising. And if you want, don't call exercising. Call it movement. Call it whatever you want. Fun time. I don't know. But if you enjoy it, you're more likely to sustain it. And you can start off with doing something small. So, like, you do, like, 10 push-ups on Monday. Tuesday, you can do 15 next day you can do 20. So whichever way that you think is best for you to gradually pr progress your um, physical activity and that works for you is perfect. Moving for one minute is better than not moving at all. So never feel that you have to take on like an hour workout at the gym or go out and get a gym membership right now. Like, no, we can start off slow, find your joy for it, find what works for you. And then that'll make some um, big improvements in your life. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, uh, Jennifer and uh, Dr. Chibuza, Dr. Jennifer. So I have another question here. It's saying that some, some food, uh, some food, though they are not far from the farm, are still inundated with preservatives. What's your advice and, uh, around buying organic food? So Jennifer, go right ahead. Yeah, so what I uh, like learned about organic foods is basically about how it's raised. So if we're talking about like fruits and vegetables, they don't spray preservatives on it or like any like non-preservative, they don't spray pesticides on it while it's being like, you know, grown. And then as far as like meats and whatnot, that means that the animal isn't fed and like you know bad food or they're probably not injected with certain foods sometimes organic food could just be labeling just to upcharge you so <laughs> i don't so it's really it's up to you all um what works best for you but i don't know if i see much a difference between organic food and, and organic foods it's just about like how they were brought up but then there's other things you can think about about if it came all the way from out of the country to America, like there's still some type of like processing that's gone on with those foods. But yeah, I mean, I don't want you guys to like think too hard about what I just said actually, but, um, but yeah, if you want to buy organic food, you can buy, it. if you want to buy inorganic, I don't think it's doing that much harm to your body, but. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. What I'll add to that is um, okay. kind of going back to the point of drinking water. Um, in our bodies, we have an organ called the liver. And the liver, its purpose is to break down um, unwanted stuff that we, that we, that we eat or drink, uh, poisons, um, pesticides, thing, things that are not really natural. It helps, the liver helps to kind of metabolize it and break it down. Um, 
That's just one of its functions. Now, the more water you drink, the better it's able to do that. The more water you drink, the better you're able to flush out unwanted stuff from your system through urination. You know, so with this talk that we're giving, um, living here in the U.S., honestly, it's near impossible to avoid unless you have a farm in your backyard and, you know, you're self-sustained by your own chickens and whatever. You know, in this country, it's very difficult to have a diet that's completely free of any processing, completely free of uh, pesticides, you know, um, things that are unwanted. So something that will help us is being well hydrated with water. That cannot be overstated. When you drink a lot of flu- water, it, it really, it, it helps your body do, does, you know, do what it does, you know, to, to clear out those um, bad chemicals, those unwanted chemicals, you know. Um, so, uh, Chibozo, yes. in the light of what you just said, as somebody asked a question, could you please throw some light on the alkaline water? Since we're drinking all these waters, you know, I mean, yes. So, yes. Um, there, there have been uh, a number of studies um, reviewing the general pH uh, of the body, whether you have more of a acidic um, pH versus an alkaline or basic pH. Um, and generally speaking, it's better to be, um, uh, neutral, the pH of your blood, for example, is about 7.3 or something, you know, um, which is right there near the middle between acidic and basic. However, a lot of the things that we take in and it's processed, it causes, um, us to have an acidic state. Acidic states um, can lead to inflammation, um, can also be risk factors for cancer development. Um, but this is this is research that's, uh, it, it's not, it's not like, it's not, it's not, how would I put it? It's not fully backed up. You know, this is just the, the small, information that I've read. Um, and so drinking alkaline water helps to counteract um, the acidic nature. It helps to bring you back to that neutral point. So if acid is here, alkaline water is there, then the whole idea about drinking alkaline water is that it helps to keep you in that neutral point. Now, has there been research showing that people who drink alkaline water fare better than people who don't? Um, that if you drink alkaline water, you will, there's been less incidence of, I don't know, um, cancers in the body that I can't say, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's, um, any, any, uh, um, supportive evidence behind. So that, that would be something I would need to look more into, to, give a more sure answer. I don't know if Jen- Jennifer, you have any. Um, 
I mean, I, yeah, I get what you're saying with alkaline water. We just heard about this like maybe two years ago or so. So there's a lot of things that like, you know, companies try to do with marketing to make things seem as if like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You need to have this. Not saying that alkaline water is bad or anything, but it could just be a part of their marketing as well. And like um, you said, there hasn't been much research on the effects of alkaline water because I just heard about it like a year or two ago. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having just regular water. I think it's, it's still healthy for us, you know? So as long as you're drinking water, what's the most important thing? I said I have three hands up right now. So we're going to yield to Mohammed. I think you are the first one up. Go right ahead. Please let me go last. Let me give. Okay. All right. So we'll go to Pastor Chooks. As I am. Pastor, go right ahead. Yeah, praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, um, Chibuza and Jennifer, thank you very much for sharing with us. I just want to know, you know, if, when you look around, you say that um, most of the aged men, you know, have a pot belly. Is there anything or any kind of uh, exercise apart from syrup that we can, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, push up or sit up. What other exercise, you know, can we do to bring our stomach down? And and the food is there any food that you know uh, we can avoid? Because I know obviously I don't eat um, uh, um, up to a cup of uh, gari, and yet my stomach will be puffing up. <laughs> yeah, I, I eat about half half cup of gari, and not every day. So what can we do to bring it down? So, um, you know, like taking into account everything that we said earlier about just like portion control and just getting just daily exercise, because I'm not sure if um, whether or not you all are physically active currently or not, but just making that small change, you will see results. It will take time. There's not like really a magic pill that we could take that's like safe and healthy for us. So taking those uh, steps to just be more mindful about what you're eating and being active, you're going to lose weight. As far as targeting um, your stomach, you can, you know, try to do like crunches and whatnot and sit-ups, but I think that the most beneficial thing would be to look at your diet a little bit more and just get active in any type of way. And then the weight will just do what it needs to do and come on and off. You know, um, I, I agree with what Dr. Correa just said. Um, one, one thing to understand about pop bellies is that everyone has a different fat distribution. So what does that mean? Some people, when they gain fat, they gain it in the shoulders. They have more of what's called the apple appearance. Whereas some people, when they gain fat, they gain it more in their thighs, their butts, the lower parts of their body. And that's generally called the pear-shaped appearance, you know. Um, 
I, I have, so, so I've noticed that with a lot of men, they tend to have more, and it's, it's not, I mean, it can be either or for, for both genders. So I won't even, I won't even say that, but, um, people who have a distribution of fat in the stomach, you know, developing that pop belly appearance, um, the same things still apply with weight loss. You know, if you're taking the advice to heart that, that we share about improving your diet, decreasing the amounts of refined or processed carbohydrates, increasing the amount of the more natural foods, the more complex carbohydrates, like the brown rice, you know, the wheat bread, that kind of stuff. And then increasing the amount of activity, increasing your energy, your not your energy, your exercise, um, the amount of exercise on a daily basis. Then, and also increasing the amount of water intake. Then um, you will see a change. You know, whether you're trying to lose weight from your, for the, from the thighs, you're trying to lose weight from the belly. You will see you will see a change. You know, um, but like like Paul had mentioned earlier, it's a matter of consistency, not just with exercise, but being consistent with your diet, being consistent with your water drinking. If you make it a lifestyle. If you make these things that we're mentioning a part of your lifestyle, not just something you do for three weeks and then you quit it, but you make it a part of your lifestyle, and then surely you'll see the weight come off. You know, you'll you'll definitely see the weight come off. Very much. Thank you. Awesome. So we're running out of time. I'm gonna go to uh, our pastor Dorothy Emmanuel. Go right ahead. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much. And Dr. Jennifer and Dr. Chibuzo, that was awesome today. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, earlier on, uh, uh, Jennifer mentioned that um, egg white is the one that contains the protein. I just wanted to make sure I had right, because I've always been thinking that is the yellow one that is the protein. That's one. And then the other thing is that I was told that uh, much salt hinders the digestion of food. I just wanted to be sure of that. I remember when I began to really cut down drastically cooked food. I was rather, I was not cooked food. I was eating my food without salt. That was the time I was having a high blood pressure. I remember then my stomach really went down very seriously. But right now it's like I was, I'm now kind of eating you know, generally. So I, I noticed the difference then and now. So I don't know if that, if that really has anything to do or is it my, my belief. And then the third thing I wanted to say is um, concerning the organic and inorganic food, I think uh, because you mentioned, Dr. Jen, uh, Chibuzo mentioned that being here in US is really difficult for us to get off completely from those, uh, you know, the, those uh, you know, pesticides and so on that they, they use in food. They, they use to preserve food. So I just wanted to encourage us as believers, we should just pray over our food and eat in faith and trust God who promised us that even if we drink any deadly thing, it shall by no means hurt us. 
and trust God that, that the food we eat will just nourish us. You know, what we call it by faith and believe like that, that's how it's going to be for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Awesome, Pastor. Yeah. Um, over here, I have a lot of advices to that uh, people have recommended. Well, they haven't answered my question. The question about the salt. Yeah. What, what I believe, so first off, um, salt does not hinder digestion. Um, That's for a particular age. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. At a particular the, age? That's the older ones. Not for, the, not for everybody. The older ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know all things, <laughs> but, um, no, salt doesn't, doesn't hinder digestion. You know, when you're, when digestion takes place, starting with your saliva, when you're chewing your food, it goes in the stomach, um, the stomach, you have an acidic environment that helps to further break. Yeah, sorry, let me stop you there, please. I think I made an, no, that it's. It affects di- digestion of food. Yes, that's the digestion of your of the food that you, you take. That's for the older ones. Digestion. Okay. So um, go ahead, please. No, it, 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 I, I understand what you're asking, but it doesn't. Um, okay. It doesn't. It shouldn't affect digestion of the food. Okay. Um, I think that what you experienced when you. When you were eating a diet without salt, um, how you were experiencing weight loss, um, I think that um, what may have been happening is um, the food may not have may, may not have been as savory, you know, as as delicious, and so your portions were more controlled. That, that's 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 my guess. I think that. Um, if you because you know you weren't eating food that was super delicious very tasty you know um you could say to yourself okay i'm just going to eat this small portion of food and be done with it and um that was enough you know um i know that that taking food taking in salt taking in salt in general um it leads to water retention that water retention may make one want to be thirsty make one want to drink more fluids and for some people that can be translated in the mind as eating more food you know so i'm just i'm just trying to piece together you know how what you experienced could have come about um how your weight loss could have came about by eating a diet that had no salt in it Salt in and of itself doesn't directly affect, um, uh, at least to my knowledge, doesn't directly affect the amount of weight gain or weight loss. Uh, uh, Jennifer, you can you can chime in on that if, if you want. But I think that what happened was um, you were you were eating less food in general, you know, because it really it wasn't as savory you know, without the salt. And then when you started eating foods that had salt in it, you know, they were more delicious. Um, with anyone, it's more likely that you'll eat, you'll just, you know, naturally um, eat more of it. Does, yeah. that, does that make sense? 
Yeah, thank you, Chimozo. Thank you for thank you so much. And I just want to quickly answer um, the question about the eggs. So with eggs, there's the egg white and the egg yolk. So the egg white has the higher protein content and the egg yolk has the higher cholesterol content. So when I was talking about protein, that's what I meant by um, eating the egg white part of it. If you want to get like if you want to focus more so on the protein aspect of your daily diet. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. So we're gonna get a final question from Mohammed. Please go right quickly. One one minute. Thank you very much. Uh, please, first of all, I want to apologize. When I mentioned uh, Big Belly, I am not calling anybody out. I was just giving an example using somebody uh, I know. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm not calling anybody out. Okay. Uh, Quick testimony, he was Kenneth Copeland at age 40, busy with ministry, working for God, going all over the world, doing everything. And one day he went to his doctor and all his vital shows that he looks like an 80 years old man. And his doctor advised him to cut down and rest and even take vacation. And by the time he did that and went back to his doctor, though he has, he's now 80, even at his 80, his doctor said his vitals, you know, when he was 40, he went back after he followed his doctor's instruction. He said his vital looked like a 20 years old man. So we can be busy with God's work and family and our businesses and our own work. And we don't take care of our health. You see, God needs this body himself. He needs this body. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he, he told us to take care of it. So what I have done is that I have made exercise part of my routine because it is important, is necessary for me. So I create that time weekly. It's part of my routine and it has worked. Finding time to rest is very, very important. And in order to lose fat, what I have seen people do is that they eat vegetable and when they get full, they eat like meat or fish. It help you uh, not eat other food that will help you uh, add weight. And also running. You cannot overemphasize running. Running, running, running. If you can't run, walk. The more you do that, the more it helps. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, I thank you for mentioning vacation and all that. We're going to deal with that issue some other time. And I'm going to use this opportunity to thank uh, Dr. Jennifer and Dr. Chibozo for ministering to us today. And, with, and God is going to bless you. I mean, Amen. awesome. Awesome. Wow. Amen. <laughs>